Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today with Mike Bennett, who's the CEO of Altamira Gold. They're a TSXV listed gold explorer with assets in Brazil. They've got three projects down there. The flagship project is the Quagerio Resource, which is a project they hope to get into production by the end of 2020. Mike also is going to spend a bit of money with the drill bit, looking to prove up the size and scale of the opportunity here. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, Mike. How are you, sir? I'm fine, thank you, Matt. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Well, we're sort of trapped here in the UK, fighting off viruses. What about you? I think the world is uh, in lockdown as well. I'm stuck here in Bolivia and the same thing's happened to you. Okay, well... Let's uh, try to ignore those things because life has to go on. So um, you're going to tell us a little bit about Altamira. Why don't you kick off with a one-minute summary for people new to the story, and I'll pick it up from there. Altamira Gold is a company which has a property position in the north of the state of Mato Grosso, which is central western Brazil. Um, we have a, a large property position there, uh, some 11 projects with 300,000 hectares. And the area is important because historically, 10,000 ounces of gold was taken out of the area in alluvial and colluvial uh, fashion by the local miners called Garimpedros, thousands of them, in the late 70s, all of the 80s and the early 90s. And this is what we have used to position ourselves in that belt. Uh, We've been working in the area since about 2010 we've been able to pick up important ground where we are showing now that the alluvial gold can be translated to primary gold sources. We have three major projects, one of which has a 43101 of 700,000 ounces at a grade of 1.2 grams, that's Cajuero, uh, and two other properties, one which is a gold property called Apiacaz, where a, fa- a million ounces of gold was taken out by the Garimperos, a very important property for the company, and another property in the south of the belt called Santa Elena, which is a gold and copper property. And the importance of the copper is that in 2017, Anglo-American moved into the belt and found the first porphyry copper in the belt. So that's the importance economically uh, of our position. Okay, th- th- thanks for that summary. Now, I want to start off by just trying to understand what you, the management team, are trying to build here, because it's a small company. It's you know, 4 million market cap, but it's kind of got a long and winding history of how you've arrived at this point. So maybe, first of all, could you start with you know, how you've got to where you are today? Because there's a num- number of different companies involved prior to this, and uh, it would help us sort of understand where you are today. Okay, sure. Well, first of all, I'm a a mining geologist. I spent uh, most of my career here in South America. I've lived both in uh, Bolivia for 23 years and in Brazil for 13 years. Um, And my adrenaline and our team's adrenaline, the the management team's adrenaline, is finding mines and and creating value to those deposits. So if we look at myself and Alan's history, between the two of us, we have probably discovered about 5 million ounces of gold over the last 20 years and have some uh, important projects which went into production both in Bolivia and in Brazil. Um, When we first started in this area, a lot of people didn't believe that there were primary gold sources which could be world-class deposits in the Alta Foresta Belt. 
but we did. And we believe that because of the size of these deposits, because of the size of the workings that the local miners had uh, discovered over the last 25 years. And that's where we started moving into Cajueiro, our, our flagship property, if you want to call it that, where we now have a resource which was recently published two months ago of 700,000 ounces at a grade of 1.2 grams. That mat really is only the, um, the, the point of the iceberg because we've done only exploration on a property which is almost 30,000 hectares in size. This resource is limited to an area which is 600 hectares in size. And we have huge soil anomalies, golden soil anomalies around that central area, which I personally believe will take us into uh, a multi yeah, you, you, can we step back a bit? I need I need to understand the history first because you're you're, you're selling to me, which is great. That's your job, but mm -hmm. I want to understand you know the succession of deals which has led to Altamira as we know it today. Because you know, okay, if you don't mind. So I was working for a private company called ECI in 2010, and ECI had properties in both Brazil, which are some of these properties uh, in the Alta Foresta Belt. And it also had a, a property called Inde in Mexico. It was a private company financed by largely by uh, Sentient out of Australia. And in 2013, when the downturn was in full swing, uh, they decided to concentrate on this uh, working mine called Inde in Mexico and abandon exploration. So myself and a group of friends uh, put together a private company called Alta Foresta Gold. It's a, a Brazilian registered company. We bought the key properties from ECI and we took the company along on our own for about uh, two years. When times got a bit more difficult to raise money, we actually put these properties into a company called Equipass Resources. And over 2016, 2017, we have rolled the uh, company back, we've changed the name, we've changed the directors, changed the management, and it has become what it is uh, today, Alta Miracle. Right, okay. Okay, now how much money have you pumped into the business? As in, how much money have you raised to put into the business? We've raised about six million um, since it's been a public company. And prior to that, uh, we put in as uh, individual shareholders about a million dollars to take the company to the Equitas stage. And as shareholders ourselves, we uh, have all been participating in the financing since 2017. Right, okay, okay, so about seven million bucks to date. Yeah. Okay, okay, fine. And what was that spent on? Just you can break that down for me. It was spent on doing exploration to bring the resource up from less than from just over 400,000 ounces at a low grade of 0.78 to uh, 700,000 ounces at 1.2. It was uh, spent on metallurgical testing, it was spent on drilling, it was spent on, in that particular property, a lot of trenching. And in the other properties that we have uh, in terms of Apicaz and Santa Elena, on early stage exploration and taking the licenses to the stage where we can actually now bring two properties into a small mining operation stage. Right. And as how much cash have you got today? Well, we're just about to complete a financing. Um, we've actually announced 
partial completion of that financing a couple of weeks ago. Um, we will, over the next couple of days, uh, close that finance. And what's that number? Uh, it'll be, well, we announced 1.65. It'll be in, ex in excess of 1.65. Okay, fine. And, and and the purpose of that is to do what? What, what, what What's the next so, thing that's going to happen that people are going to get excited about? So if, we take the, the, if we take the triangle of our important projects, so Kajwaira. So Kajwaira is in the state where we have a resource, and in Brazil, they have a process whereby uh, under expiration licenses, you can do a bulk sample. So you can, for each mining claim, you can take out 50,000 tons of material. We have four mining claims about over our central area. So we can take out 200,000 tons a year. And so what we've done, we've done an internal um, pre-feasibility study, if you like, on the oxide resource in our internal area, in our central area. And what we are going to do there is we are taking out four bulk sampling licenses, two of which are almost perfected and two more will be perfected over the next couple of months. And we will install there a, a gravity plant over the first six months, shortly to be followed by a CIL, a, a VAT leach plant, which will up, obviously, the recovery over that central area. So that's part of our money. We're not going to use our own money to um, install a plant. We have a, a deal signed with a, a private Brazilian group called FMS, mm -hmm. and these people are going to build the plant for us. We're just waiting for the rainy season to calm down here before we actually make the first move there. And we will be producing by the second half of 2020. The deal is very simple with these guys. They invest 2.4 million US. Uh, we do all the permitting work, so part of our money is being used for that. And at the beginning, uh, from day one, we get 15% of uh, the production. And from uh, payback of the 2.4 million, we get 50%. So that's a very important stepping stone for us. What, what do you mean by production? Are you talking about a gross or a net number? It, it will be gross production. Gross production. Okay. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. So the, the outsource model, so someone else is paying for the CapEx uh, component there for you, and you will, I guess, earn back into your project. Okay, net once production. It's yeah, I got it wrong. Net net of, net of expenses, sorry. Net, net of expenses, right. So, and, and how's that controlled? You've obviously got a contract are, in place. You know operators. what the numbers are. As a, a mining company in Brazil, you can't uh, hand over everything to somebody else. So we will do all the administration. They will be the uh, actual contractors, if you like, who will install the plants and who will mine, and we will be there on top of it with our uh, guys uh, selling the production and uh, dividing up the profits. Okay, so you can, so what, what are the numbers that you can control and what are the numbers you can't? I mean, does, does your contract with FMS mean that you know what your fixed costs are or are there variable components to that? I'm trying to work out, do you, at the end of this, do you know what you think you can make? Yeah, we think we can make, um, after payback, we should get about 3 million Canadian a year uh, with 50% of production. So we, you know, we've, we've done, it's only an internal estimate, obviously, and what we've done is we've used GRE, who did our 43101 to do this internal estimate. We've taken part of our resource, 
And obviously, we don't want to produce at 1.2 grams per ton when we're doing an oxide, uh, a very shallow cut on our, our initial uh, production. So we've taken it down to 25 meters. We are looking at the area where there is a much higher grade, and we're looking at the east-west structures in an area called Baldo. And um, our internal study shows us that we can get a, a very nice increment in the grade there. And hence, we can get a good profit for the first five years. Okay, so what, so what's your model going to be? Because that's still not a lot of money. Okay, the three million is, is not a lot of money. It's, it's it's better than nothing, but it's not a lot of money. Are you going to say, well, we're just going to spend the that three million and reinvest it and put it back into the ground to you know build out the growth story, the growth component here, or are you going to say that's a proof of concept? Look what we've done there and go and raise more capital. What's the, what's the model? I don't think we, uh, so I think what we're going to do is the first two years, we're going to try and make that a slightly higher number. I'm using conservative number there with three million. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to go for the areas where we know there are higher grades. And so what we're going to try and do there is in the first two years, we're going to try and get our full environmental permits on the property to be able to ramp this plant up from 200,000 tons a year to much, much more than that. Hmm. So what we'd like to do is in three years time, have a plant which is producing plus 3,000 uh, tons a day. And we will then incorporate both the oxide and the sulfide resource. We will do some extra drilling on the outside uh, areas, both east and west of the central area. And we'll build up our uh, resource in the whole project and continue to ramp up the plant. Okay. We want to turn this proper mining project for the company. Yeah, I'm just trying to help people watching this get uh, an idea of your timing and the, the process that you want to go through. And I think, you know, you've outlined that. Um, and I, at some point, you'll be giving a, a more and more guidance on some of the numbers involved there in terms of what your expectations are, right? Um, well, I think, I think obviously, you know, once we've got the plant up and running, uh, the company will be putting out uh, regular press releases on production. And also, uh, we'll be informing uh, uh, our shareholders of when we get all the permits. We'll be informing our shareholders of when we start to uh, build the plant. Um, obviously, it's a simple plant. So, uh, you know, it's not difficult to put this thing into production in less than five months. And we're getting right now through the rainy season. I mean, Coronavirus is not helping us anywhere in the world, but we're way out, uh, out of a population center there. So we hope we'll be able to continue working at the same pace we are doing right now. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm going to make that assumption with all these interviews that the coronavirus will not get in the way. So all things being equal, you're, you're saying the permitting issues, licensing issues are what known or resolved or, you know, how, where's we the confidence the first... for that come from? Yeah, we have the first uh, bulk mass sampling license already published. Mm. The second one should be published in the next, uh, well, you know, in the next few days. We've been following that on a daily basis. Uh, this is a cascade system where we've had to divide it between two state boundaries. So we only just got the permission about um, 10 days ago of the division of those claims. And so now we're able to do, this is the first two permits will be uh, addressed in Mato Grosso, in the state of Mato Grosso. 
And the second two permits, which we are going to do subsequently from March, the end of March onwards, are mm. uh, in Paris. And so once we get the first two permits, we can start uh, uh, investing in the plant. We can start earth moving. We can start laying the concrete. Obviously, that isn't an easy uh, task in the rainy season. And uh, we're getting through the rainy season uh, um, by the end of March, we should be able to start doing that work. And do you think, I mean, given again, the, coming back to this, the scale of scale of this, um, do you think you're going to get a production re-rate because you're you're going to be producing cash flows, or do you think it's the market's not rewarding that right now? I think we will. Yes, I think it's very important. Uh, the bulk sampling license, it's called a GU here in Brazil, mm. is a very important. Um, license for two things one it enables the company to test to get cash flow to do to do all the uh, huge uh, metallurgical testing it, it needs for a bigger plant mm. and secondly it helps us to strip an area which in the middle of the area in Cajueiro there is no outcrop so in order to see all the mineralized structures this will help us hugely to, sh to showcase the project to other companies and several of the larger companies here in Brazil have us on their radar screen. It's a very, very accessible area. It has uh, one of the biggest hydroelectric power schemes uh, in the north of Brazil, right next to it. We have a power line running right through it. We have one and a half hours drive from a commercial airport in, a, in the town of Alta Foresta. And so, you know, we're not in the middle of nowhere. We're in an area where we can easily produce and easily ramp up this project. Right. I mean, it's been a long time coming. Do you think that you're suffering in the marketplace because it's taking a long time to get to this point? I mean, what were the things which were holding you back? Well, windows of opportunity matter all important. So if you look at Brazil in general, uh, Brazil in general, until this new government, was suffering hugely from timelines on permits. And ourselves as a, a junior, and a both private and both public junior, we suffered enormously in terms of trying to push through the permits. That's now changed. Mining office has now become an agency. There are 120 day timelines now on permits. And that has helped us enormously to move this along in the last six months. Okay, okay. And do you think you that's caused you to dilute more than you'd wanted to have? Probably yes. We didn't really want to have to do the financing at this low stage in the market. But um, it was necessary. We really needed to uh, push this down in, into the production phase. And if you look at where we're going now, um, the money we're about to raise should uh, last us into the beginning of next year. And by then, so we anticipate being in production before or by November of uh, this year. And what we should see, um, if we just look at the 15% part of uh, Altamira is we should cover all costs of the company from November onwards. Okay. So that will help us to not dilute hugely in the future. If we don't, if we see that uh, some of the other projects that we're working on need more cash flow, we've got two, two methods. Either we raise more money and hopefully at a much higher price, or else we go down the joint venture road uh, with majors who are looking at the area and trying to find other porphyry deposits, apart from which American sort of 
Right. How much uh, of the company does the management own? Um, between myself uh, uh, and the Texas, we probably own about fourteen uh, percent of the company. Okay. And uh, if we look at um, the major shareholders, I suppose we hold just over thirty-six, thirty-seven percent of the company. Okay. Okay. And is that? I mean, for you personally, is this? Do you have a sort of meaningful? Is it meaningful? for you, the amount that you hold in the company? It's very meaningful for me. I've put a lot of money into this company. I've invested in it over the last five years. I have over 8% of the shares in the company, and none of those shares were granted other than my money put, put into the company. Excellent, okay, okay. So I think it's always indicative of, you know, um, the management's mindset is, you know, if they believe in this, they will, you know, if some people remortgage their houses or whatever, they, if they believe the project is going to work, they, they invest. Um, and sometimes we meet and speak to people who don't invest. So I think it's a, it's, a, it's a good question. Sounds like you really are into this. So if I look at your peers in, I'm going to go South American um, peers, there's a lot of companies of your size struggling to get cash, sitting on what they think are meaningful uh, assets under their ground. Um, it doesn't always work out, and Brazil's got a sort of track record of um, not being very helpful to, to the mining community. You're, you're telling me things have changed, certainly in the permitting side of things. Um, how else are they helping you? Well, you know, I think, first of all, uh, it's important that management has a good feel for the area that it's working in. So I've been living in South America now for 35 years. Um, I uh, have a very, very good feel for how things work here. And I don't have any illusions as how quickly or how slowly things work here. I really can tell you that over the last year, things have changed in Brazil. Um, environmental permits still take time, but now they actually go through. So uh, four or five years ago, you could have perhaps said, you know, maybe we won't get anything done. I'll just give you two examples, Matt, of why this has affected Altamira Gold. When we set the company up as Alta Foresta Gold as a private company, really we set it up for Cajueira. And we had a few other projects in the area, but they weren't um, our key projects. So we always thought we would put Cajueira into production. It's taken us probably five years to get through the different uh, permitting stages. Now we're there. And when we started, we had two areas which we claimed through the bidding process here in Brazil. One of which was, Al was Apiacaz and the other was Santa Elena. Apiacaz took five years to evaluate. So any normal company who only had one project called Apiacaz would be dead. So luckily, it was at one of our uh, not so important projects at the time. And we eventually got awarded Africa's in March of last year, March 2019. Santa Elena, uh, we were in a bidding process with five other companies. We were looking at it just for a gold play. And when it was evaluated back in 2014, we were evaluated in first position. And Delco was evaluated in second position. And obviously, Cadelco wasn't very happy that a small company like ourselves had won, so they uh, questioned the uh, rating done by the mining office. And eventually, in 2018, we were also awarded Santa Elena. Now, it's turned out that Apiacaz 
um, is a very important project to us because a million ounces of gold was taken out of a central area in our project, a large project area, but a small area called Mutung, which is four kilometers by one kilometer. And our initial sampling in that area, we've taken 250 rock samples now. The average grade in this disseminated intrusive body there is about 1.5 grams per tonne. So that's completely opened our eyes to the fact that we could have a very large, very large world-size disseminated gold deposit on our hands. So what are we doing? You asked the question, what are we doing with the money we're raising? We're going to go through the process now over the next two or three months of getting a drill permit for the Apiakaz area. And in the second half of 2020, we'll put the first drill holes into that project area. Right. If, as I believe, it goes down to 50 meters or more, we have a very, very large gold deposit on our hands. So that's one of the reasons that I think Brazil's changed. And also, if we look at Santa Elena, we were lucky enough also to get Santa Elena in 2018. We are 60 kilometers to the southwest of the Jacka Porphyry Copper Deposit. Uh, in the belt, which uh, Anglo-American discovered in 2017. And we have several elements which suggest to us in Santa Elena that we could also have something which could be similar to Jacker. So we have a lot of stock work geologically exposed by the local miners. And we have a very large one and a half kilometer wide copper in soil anomaly there. <coughs> and what we'll be doing <coughs> this year is we're actually going through uh, ground geophysics at the moment. We will be opening trenches over that area as soon as the rains stop. And we'll be moving in in the first half of this year into a diamond drill program in that area. So they're very, very important projects for an extremely small company. Really, Altamira, you know, in a normal situation, if we hadn't been so uh, persistent, would not have had three projects of this quality in a company of our size. Okay, but now, you, now you've got to um, create value. You've got to show that road, that path to growth. You've got three projects, I say, with a small company with not a lot of cash. That's a liability for some. So you're, you're telling us you're going to spend two years to uh, make sure that your, your flagship project does deliver. You can increase the, the grade potential there you've talked about your model I, I get that so does that mean for the next two years shareholders are sitting waiting around for you to do some do something or make it make make another decision or do you think there's going to be enough catalysts in there stories in there to get people excited about the potential of what you're doing with with the drill bit i, I just look at uh, let's just start with apiacas we haven't got the drill permits yet we will have them soon um, if you just imagine an area which was worked by the Gary Imperials, which is four kilometers by one kilometer. A million ounces of gold was taken out of the top 10 meters of saprolithic material from that area. They recovered 50% of the gold. So there were two million ounces of contained gold in this four by one kilometer area, 10 meters uh, sitting on surface. So we're going to put the first drill holes in there. Just do the numbers in your own head and think about if we go down to 50 meters with the same rock type. The rock type is a speckled, um, disseminated pyrite within an altered intrusive. 
It all looks the same. Which, which, which so just for the layman, that means that's a fairly homogenous spread. Is that what you're saying? Very homogenous. It doesn't look it's like it's got any uh, high pockets in it. And so if we drill down to 50 meters, uh, we could well have a, a very large world-class uh, gold deposit on our hands. And that's where we can create huge shareholder value very, very quickly with our first drill holes in this project. Okay, something to look forward to. Okay. Um, Mike, that's a good first pass of the story, and I do appreciate you spending the, t the, the, the time telling that to us. I think, to, to me, my initial reaction is, you've got to keep talking to the marketplace because I like the model. You're getting into production quickly um, and showing some, some movement there, but you've got to keep delivering. Name of the game, right? Well, I think we can deliver now. And as I've said to you a couple of times now, this is a window of opportunity. The window of opportunity didn't exist in the 70s, 80s or 90s because of the Gary Imperos. For the first uh, 12 years of the 2000s, there was a very difficult government in power in Brazil and permits were extremely difficult to get hold of. But because we've been persistent and we, because we got into the belt early, we've managed to pick up these very, very important projects. And just look at who our neighbors are now. Our neighbors are Anglo-American with 2.5 million hectares in the belt. Our neighbors are Codelco, the big company from Chile, with almost a million hectares in the belt. And Nexa Resources, who used to be Botter and Teens, the Brazilian company, who have about 700,000 hectares in the belt. We're the only junior in the center of the belt. And if you look at the uh, western side of the belt, Meteoric Resources is over there with a the project. And you're, all you've got to do is look at their, their market capital and, and see where we could go in the next few months. Yeah, I, I, I recognize a few names on the maps on page eight of your uh, PowerPoint. Um, some, some nice names in there and some known, known to us as well. Well, look, Mike, um, thanks again for today. Um, stay in touch. Let us know how you're getting on. Obviously, a few things coming up imminently. Um, wish we would be delighted to take a phone call from you to hear about. Fantastic, Matt. It was, it was great to talk to you. And thank you very much. Okay, stay cheers. safe. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.